When I announced that I was going to save today's passage for Father's Day, those who looked ahead to see why probably concluded I was very brave or had totally lost it. And either conclusion might be right. Not loving and devoted service to one's wife, which is the way Christ loved the church. What the husband ought to be saying to himself is, why do I have to use force to get this done? Often he has decided that his own desires and ideas have to be fulfilled and that his wife's do not matter. Such behavior is not loving. Marriages that are full of love, respect, and honor rarely, I believe, need to resort to the issue of submission. And finally, he says, Christian wives who truly love their husbands in the way Jesus exhorted them to love and in the way Peter exhorts them or Paul exhorts them to love will be more than submissive. They will be so loving that the term submission can hardly describe the relationship. Wives, if you are loving your husbands like that, we can go on to Peter's second word to wives. Be respectful of your husband. Peter admonished servants to be submissive to their masters with all respect. And not only to those who were good and gentle, but also to those who were unreasonable. In the same way, he admonishes wives to respect their husbands, even if they are disobedient to the word, even if they are unbelievers and haven't surrendered to the lordship of Christ. Now, he is not sanctioning the marriage of a believer to an unbeliever here. Paul made it very clear that we are not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. He's simply acknowledging the fact that sometimes one person becomes a Christian before their mate. And if it's the wife, even though she surpasses her husband spiritually, she must still acknowledge his headship over her. She must still respect his position as head of the household. Now, I don't think wives need to call their husbands Lord, as did Sarah. That was a culturally expected way of showing respect. But they must acknowledge their husband's headship. Why? Because God said so. Paul spelled it out very clearly in Ephesians 5.23. The husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church. The church is a body, and Christ is the head. The same is true of a family. In marriage, two people aren't supposed to be joined at the hip while retaining two heads. That doesn't work. Most conjoined twins are separated as soon as possible, even if only one has a chance for survival. It's just too hard to function as one 
when you have two heads. Maybe that's why so many couples divorce today. They've never become anything more than an awkward body trying to take orders from two heads. In Christian marriage, two people are to become one flesh, one body, with one head. And God has ordained that the man be the head. Christian wives will acknowledge that fact and show respect to their husband's position. Peter's final word to wives is be spiritually attractive to your husband. This is good. And this is true for all Christian wives, but especially for those who have disobedient husbands. How should a Christian wife attempt to reach an unbelieving husband or one who simply won't be what God has told him to be? Should she lecture him and point out his shortcomings? Should she compare him to the godly men at church? Should she put scripture quotes in his briefcase and keep the radio and TV tuned to Christian stations? No. Peter said she should attempt to win him without a word by her behavior. That she should be chaste and respectful. The word chaste not only has to do with sexual purity, it also refers to purity in general. Her motives should always be pure when dealing with her husband. She shouldn't be manipulative, using sex as a favor to get what she wants, or clothing and jewelry to entice him. If her goals are spiritual, her behavior should be spiritual. She should seek to demonstrate a Christ-like spirit in the privacy of their home as well as in public. She should strive to exhibit a gentle and quiet spirit, which Peter notes is precious in the sight of God. Now, the word gentle can also be translated meek. We don't like that word. But it doesn't mean that she lets her husband walk all over her. It means that her responses are under control. It was a word that described a stallion that was filled with power that was brought under control. That's what it means to be meek. Her responses to her husband are to be kept under control. She should work hard to keep her emotions in check and do all she can to make their relationship and their home a calm and tranquil one. And she can do this because she knows that her hope is in God. She knows that he can bring about changes in her husband and in their life together that she could never do by ranting and raving and demanding. So Peter's word to wives is be submissive, be respectful, be spiritually attractive. Let's see what he has to say to husbands. You husbands, likewise, live with your wives in an understanding way 
as with a weaker vessel, since she is a woman, and grant her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Peter's first word to husbands is be sensitive to your wife's needs. Live with her in an understanding way. Now, it's been said that this is the biggest challenge God has ever given to men, to understand their wives. (laughs) It's not easy for us because women aren't like men. Yeah. <laughs> we understand other men. We know how they think and usually know what to expect. But women are different, not only physically, but emotionally as well. Neurobiological research has indicated that women are wired differently than men. They process information differently than men. They are different. But, of course, we like the difference. In fact, we need them to be different. They complete what's lacking in us. God designed them to mesh with us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So together we could become more than we could ever be apart. We're different God made men and women different. From the day of conception on, it's been determined by God whether you are a male or a female. Contrary to contemporary thinking, it's not a choice you can make. And whether you like it or not, God has given to husbands the responsibility of understanding the difference and being sensitive to it. Paul's second word to husbands is be protective of your wife. Frederica Matthews Green had this to say in an article entitled, Men Behaving Justly. It's a man's world, at least around my house. With my daughter off at college, it's just my husband, two teenage sons, and me. Even the dog and cat are of the masculine persuasion. I've seen some majority male households that have slipped toward caveman conditions, where underwear is washed by wearing it in the shower, (laughs) (laughs) I like that. And dishes are washed by giving them to the dog. I am determined that won't happen here. Rather than draw up a long list of rules covering minute aspects of behavior, I have found that one general principle covers all circumstances. It's one my boys actually came up with on their own. The rule is, and this must be hissed in an urgent whisper, Not in front of the chick. Yes, in my house, as far as I know, no one drinks from the milk jug. No one burps. Dignity and decorum rule the day. 
When I phone home for a business trip, I can almost hear the dishes being whisked out of the living room and the orange juice being wiped off the kitchen floor. The most obvious charge one could lay against this standard is that it's sexist. And indeed it is. The not-in-front-of-the-chick rule, or N-I-F-O-T-C, collides in a tacit assumption that if given half a chance, men unsupervised by women will indeed behave badly. (laughs) Women demand something finer of them. Respect. Protection. The kind of cherishing St. Paul suggests with which men regard their own bodies. I would have rejected this idea vehemently a couple of decades ago. But I gradually realized that when men don't feel an obligation to protect and cherish women, women get hurt. Peter says men should treat women like weaker vessels. Now, that's not to demean them. Porcelain is fragile, but it's worth a whole lot more than concrete. It's merely an acknowledgement of the fact that G.I. Jane still isn't as strong as G.I. Joe. And no man has the right to bully a woman because he's bigger or stronger. He's been made that way not to dominate her, but to protect her. Peter's final word to husbands is be spiritually aware of your wife. Grant her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. Recognize that she is just as important to God as you are. Bill McCartney, a former football coach and the founder of Promise Keepers, admitted that he left his wife and kids on the sidelines while pursuing a career in coaching. And, he confessed, even after founding Promise Keepers and hosting conferences around the world where he challenged men to be the kind of husbands and fathers God would have them be, he continued to ignore the needs of his wife. She was lonely, empty, and suicidal, and he didn't see it. Not until he heard a preacher say, If you want to know about a man's character, look into the face of his wife. Whatever he has invested in or withheld from her will be reflected in her countenance. Bill recounts that when he looked squarely into Lindy's face, his heart sank. That what he saw in her stunned him. Her face was sad and empty. Her eyes had lost their sparkle. They were dull, downcast, and discouraged. Instead of radiant splendor, he saw pain. And instead of rich contentment, he saw slow decay and emotional torment. Lindy appeared drained, depleted, unfulfilled. And he said what he saw in her eyes that day exposed him as a fraud. While ministering to others, he had ignored his responsibilities to look after the emotional and spiritual needs 
of his family. Peter says if we do that, our prayers will be hindered. Not only will our families suffer from our lack of leadership in spiritual matters, our own spiritual life will fall flat if we aren't aware of and striving to meet the spiritual needs that exist in our home. Peter's word to husbands is therefore, be sensitive, be protective, be spiritually aware. We can summarize all that's been said here by simply recognizing that both husbands and wives are to be submissive to the bridegroom. And he has told us how to treat each other. If we'll do what he says, our homes will be what he intends them to be. And a final word to dads on Father's Day. We cannot be what God wants us to be as husbands and fathers until we actually surrender our will, our all, to him. If getting your way is more important to you than doing things his way, it's time to repent. It's time to surrender to his lordship and start being what he has called you to be.